0: So last week, about two weeks ago, we started talking about a very important teaching um, called Counting the Cost, alright, and I really believe this is important because um, I know that one way God prepares and matures the saints is by the teaching ministry, alright. One way God matures the saints is by the teaching ministry. So the teaching ministry is something that is not to be underestimated the teaching ministry is something that god instituted in the church in the gathering of the saints for the saints to mature all right and that's why paul said i commend you to god and to the word of his grace which is able to absolutely which is able to build you up and give you an inheritance among those which are sanctified you see the word of God is what builds up the saints. The word of God is what edifies the saints. The word of God is what prepares the saints. Are you with me? It is by the word that the saint is prepared. So I'm sure many of us have these experiences where you know you are taught something on Sunday and during the week you are asked about the same thing, or you are taught something on Sunday and then um, you are not just asked; you are challenged. On that very thing that you, you were taught so let me say maybe you were taught on you were taught on temptations and that week was the week that temptations was the height for you you were taught on the fruit of the Spirit and that week was when your patience was tested the most all right one way that God prepares the Saints what one way that God builds the Saints and one way that God um, basically does everything for the saint is through his word You know, a popular man of God said something that is so true. He said, what God wants to give you is not money, is not cars. What God wants to give you is not anything material. What God wants to give you is the word of God in your spirit. And that is so true. Listen, for the believer, the most prized possession is the word. If you have the word, every other thing can follow. If you have the word, every other thing can follow. What God wants to give the believer is the word. So, by teaching ministry, how God prepares us is by the teaching of his word. I said that because um, I believe this is a very important teaching that I started two weeks ago. And then I'm sharing on here. And I believe that for some of us, this teaching will probably challenge your life. All right, Or it, it, there will come a point in your life where this particular teaching we're talking about is going to be challenged. Or you're going to need to refer back to this particular teaching that is being done. Alright, counting the cost. Turn your Bible to Matthew chapter 13 from verse 44. I'm going to run because we're already out of time or we're already behind time. Matthew chapter 13 from verse 44. It says, The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. He said, When a man found it, he hid it again. And in his joy... He went and sold all he had and bought the field. So this is Jesus speaking now. Jesus has a way of speaking to us and teaching us through um, scenarios, right? Jesus will paint a picture to communicate his ideas to the people that he's teaching. So a parable basically is Jesus using the everyday things that the people could relate with to teach them about eternal realities. So, even though it was a fulfillment of prophecy, you know, when he said, um, in prophecies, will I speak to these people? Even though it was a fulfillment of prophecy, however, what exactly it was, was Jesus' teaching style. Using natural things to, in quote, explain supernatural realities. And that is exactly what Jesus was doing. Hallelujah to God. So, Jesus is talking about the kingdom of heaven. And he said, it is like a treasure that is hidden in a field. He said when a man finds it the man goes and hides that treasure again and in the man's joy he goes and sells all that he has to buy the field that he sells or that he that he went to hide the treasure in again he buys that field because he knows that there is treasure there look at verse 45 this is jesus speaking again jesus said again meaning That what I'm saying now is going to buttress on what I had said before or what I had said earlier. He said, again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls. He said when he found one very precious pearl, he went away and sold all he had and bought that one pearl. So Jesus is painting two pictures. The first picture Jesus painted was... um, was, was treasure that was hidden in a field. And then a man went and sells all that he has so that he can buy that um, treasure, right? He can buy that field so that he can obtain the treasure. And then the next picture is a merchant who loves pearls. And then the merchant sees one pearl, <coughs> excuse me, and he goes and sells all that he has so that he might obtain that particular pearl, that one pearl. Listen. Listen jesus is basically telling us he's equating the kingdom of god to precious things or to something that is precious and something that is priceless let me say it again jesus is equating the kingdom of god to something that is precious and something that is priceless let me say that for the last time Jesus is equating the kingdom of God to something that is precious and something that is priceless. He's equating the kingdom of God to something of value and something that is profitable. So this is what Jesus is saying. Because you know the value of the treasure, you can sell everything you have to attain that treasure and you won't feel it because it will make no difference. Because you know the value of the kingdom, you can sell everything you have so that you can attain that goodly pearl, and it will make no difference. So also, Jesus is saying, because you know the value of the kingdom of heaven, you can sell everything and willfully so, because you know the value of that kingdom. You know the value of that treasure. You know the value of that goodly pearl. It is God's desire that we look at the kingdom the same way he looks at the kingdom. Let me say that again. It is God's desire and it is God's plan that we look at the kingdom the way he will have us look at the kingdom. Let me say it one more time. It is God's desire and God's plan that we look at the kingdom the way he will have us look at the kingdom. You know, I put up a tweet a few days ago and I was saying how the Christian life is one that has boundaries and willfully so. The boundaries are what we enjoy because of our liberty in him. Let me say it again. I said it that the boundaries are what we enjoy because of the liberties that we have found in Jesus. Why is that important? This is the reason why that is important. The reason I use that word enjoy is because the Bible lets us know that there is, or basically from from a biblical lens, from a biblical standpoint, there is nothing we can't let go for the one who has loved our souls. Because he gave us the ultimate sacrifice. Therefore, it is our, it is our um, honor to sacrifice any other thing for him. Because his sacrifice for us is ultimate. Are you with me please? His sacrifice for us is still the ultimate. So, we're bringing it back to this story. Jesus basically tells us that the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of heaven has a particular way to look at it. The way to look at it is to look at it from the lens of profit. Jesus tells us that anything we let go to attain a particular treasure is profit. What does that mean? If we lose anything for the sake of the kingdom, it is not a loss, it is a profit. Let me say that again. If you lose anything for the sake of the kingdom, it is not a loss, it is a profit. Everything that, let, that is let go for the sake of the kingdom is not loss. Anything that is let go for the sake of the kingdom is seen as profit. It's the same way he's seen as a man who lets go of anything and who lets go of everything. And because he wants to lay hold on one particular treasure, he can let go of anything and that treasure will always be worth it. So the kingdom of heaven is the life, is a life of profit. Let me explain, see. You see, a lot of people are only used to looking at the kingdom from the lens of, oh, sacrificing many things for Jesus. Anything you sacrifice for Jesus is worth it. We let go of a lot for Jesus. And yes, that is true, all right? We let go of a lot for Jesus. It's true. However, this is something to note. We don't just let go of things for Jesus. We let go of things willingly for Jesus. We let go of things for Jesus willingly willfully why because anything we lose for the kingdom is not a loss anything we lose for the kingdom is profit anything we lose for the kingdom is profit so that is exactly what jesus was trying to paint here because we know the exceeding great reward that lies in following jesus we gladly let go of any other thing for his name's sake praise the lord Let's, let's read on, you know, the Bible also says in Philippians chapter 1 verse 21, Philippians chapter 1 verse 21, Philippians 121 says, let, let me just make this, Philippians 121, Paul speaking, he said, for to me to live is Christ and to die gain." So he was basically saying that if I'm going to live, if I'm going to stay with you guys, it's going to be nothing else but for the kingdom. If I'm going to live with you guys, it's going to be for nothing else. But for the kingdom. All right. And then we then find Paul saying something else again. He now says, But for to to me to live is Christ and to die again. If he was going to die, he was going to be with Jesus. And then he now said, But it is more expedient for you that I stay. It is more expedient for you that I stay. So Paul is basically saying, As long as I'm alive, it is still Christ that is the determining factor of my life. Listen. There, the Christian life is a call to consecration, and it's a call to consecration not just because we are afraid of dying, but because we have been called to a particular kind of life. You know, the Bible says, it said, no man that warreth entangles himself with the affairs of civilians, that he may please him. Listen, it's not because he fears him, it's because he, is called, it's because he, may, he will want to please him who has called him to warfare. Let me record that verse again. He said, No man that warreth entangles himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who has called him to warfare. So Paul, is, Paul was writing to Timothy, and he alludes the Christian life to a, to a life of a soldier. He basically says that the Christian life is not a life that you live um, um, how you want, like a civilian will live. Civilians live how they want to, right? Of course, within specific boundaries. But soldiers live strictly on orders. On orders. O-R-D-E-R-S. Soldiers live strictly on orders. 2 Timothy 2.4. He said, No man that warreth entangles himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who has called him to warfare. So also, the Bible says, um, the Bible lets us understand in 2 Corinthians 5, he said that he died for all, that they which live should henceforth no longer live unto themselves, but live unto him who did what? Who died and rose again. If Jesus died for you, then we live for him. He gave the ultimate sacrifice, so willfully we live this Christian life for the one who died for us. And that's why Paul was saying in Galatians 2, he said, um, he said and the life that I live, I live by the faith of the Son of God. He said, I've been crucified with Christ. Yet not I, but Christ that lives through me. And the life that I live, I live by the faith of the Son of God. The life that we live is we don't live to ourselves. We have been crucified with Him. Praise the living Jesus. We don't live to ourselves. We have been crucified with Him. So we live for the one who died for us. And he died for all that those who live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but for him who died for them and rose again. You know, when you look at all these verses in isolation, it makes it look like, oh my God, Jesus died for me, so there's a lot of performance I need to do. No! You, if you look at it from the lens of performance, you will lose a lot. But if you look at it from the lens of pleasure, you will you will get the right perspective. Because Jesus telling us, Jesus being the word of God, the logic of God, the exegesis of God. He was teaching us, and then he said something very important. What did he say? He said that um, the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God, is like a man who has found treasure. And if that man sells all he has to get that treasure, that man—he basically is like a man who has found treasure and sells all that he has. That man is not a foolish man. That man is a wise man. Anything we lose for the kingdom. Is not folly, his wisdom. Do you know why? Because from the length of eternity, when we look at everything we lost for the conviction that we have, for the one who has called us to glory and honor, when we look at everything that we have lost for his name's sake, it will not be seen as a loss. It will be seen as profit. Can I say that again? From the lens of eternity, when we look at everything we lost for his name's sake, it will not be seen as a loss. It will be seen as profit. You know the Bible lets us understand in 2 Corinthians he said our works will be tried by fire when we stand before Jesus anything gotten by fraudulent means when it is tried by fire it will not stand it is only the things that are gotten the, you know in Christ the end does not justify the means in Christ the, Christ is not like Machiavelli the end does not justify the means the end must be as righteous as the means. And that's why Jesus is saying the same thing, said to us in um, Romans 14 17. Or Paul said the same in Romans. 14. He said, The kingdom of God is not in meat and drink, it's not in the things that you can see. And that's why we can lose things for his name's sake. Because the kingdom of God is not in tangible things. The kingdom of God is not in just the things that you can have and you can possess. The kingdom of God is in tangible, eternal, immortal realities. He said, It is righteousness. It is peace, and then it is joy in the Holy Ghost. How is that important? It's important because, like I said, the end does not justify the means. Why? Why, or why is that also important? Simply put, as the end does not justify the means, is because in following Jesus, righteousness, peace, and joy, they all must flow together. You don't get to pick and to choose. Even the things that have to do with the life that we live, they are in consonance all right they have to flow together with the one who called us to glory and honor so what do i mean the life that we live everything that we must gain we must have it in accordance with righteousness peace and joy in the holy ghost because that is the reality and that is the life of god that that is the context of the kingdom that we live in the kingdom of god is not in money The kingdom of God is not in cars. The kingdom of God is not in looks. The kingdom of God is not in anything you can have alone. The kingdom of God is in righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. And that's why Spodgeon said something important. He said, the man who has Jesus and has everything has no more than the man who has Jesus alone. He's in righteousness. He's in peace. He's in joy in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. You know, I'm going to... I want to land with this particular verse. Mm-hmm. Matthew, Matthew chapter 16, verse 27. Let me read Matthew's account. Matthew 16, 27. He said, If any man co- wants to come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. If any man wants to come after me, he must what? deny himself and take up his cross and do what? And follow me. It said, for whoever wants to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Let me read that again. If any man wants to come after me, he must what? Deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. So if you are working with Jesus, if the, the counting the cost is about following Jesus. Remember when I started this session, I started by saying that um, the Bible says, which man wants to build a tower and will not first count the cost? It is folly to want to build a tower and not count the cost. If you are following Jesus, a lot of people are following a Jesus they don't know. Following a Jesus that meets all of your desires and you sacrifice nothing for him is a figment of your imagination. That Jesus is fiction. That Jesus is not real. Let me say that again. Following a Jesus who meets all your needs and you sacrifice nothing for him, that Jesus is a figment of your imagination. That Jesus is fiction, and that Jesus is not real. A lot of people are following a Jesus they don't know. A lot of people are following a Jesus they assume they know. A lot of people are following a Jesus they have heard from the hearing of their ears, like Job said, Job speaking about God. I think it's Job 34.5. He said, I have heard from you from the hearing of the ears, but now my eyes have seen you after God had corrected him. A lot of people know Jesus from what they have heard. They don't know Jesus from the word, they don't know who they who he is. So the Jesus they know is the Jesus that gives to them, the Jesus that meets their needs, the Jesus that that um that 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 always causes me to prosper. Are you women now? A Jesus that always causes me to prosper, a Jesus that always follows my, that always um, protects me, a Jesus that does does this, does this, but this Jesus said, he said, he that must follow me must what deny himself. There is no following Jesus without denial. Can I say that again? There is no following following Jesus without denial is following a figment of your imagination. Listen, following this Jesus, huh? Following this Jesus that only, you know, when you look at a lot of people's Christian life and they say things like, you know, um, you know, I had a friend, she put something on her status and I corrected her, of course, she knows better now. She said, I told God that I don't want to do ministry except when I'm married because I must have somebody to do it with me. I already told God me and God have an understanding. See, listen, listen. First of all, that statement sounds careless, right? We need to understand that He is not just Father, He is Lord. He is not just Father, He is Lord. He is the one that owns your life. He is the one that owns your all. He is the one that has bought you with a price. The word redeemed means apollotrusis. It means that He has bought you back to Himself. Are you with me? He has bought you back to Himself. So child of God, hear the word of the Lord. Right? He is your Lord. The way a lot of people go about their relationship with God, you will wonder who is the Lord, who is God in this relationship? Who is God in this relationship? Are you God or is He God? Who is God in this relationship? So, following a Jesus that costs you nothing is following a figment of your imagination. Somebody should do that as a quotable quote. Following a Jesus. That cost you nothing is following a figment of your imagination let me read what Jesus said again he said if any man wants to come after me he must deny himself take up his cross and follow me he must deny himself take up his cross and follow me the cross is an instrument of death we don't just see consecration as oh, all we are giving up things to follow Jesus Lord you are sin no Because he bought us with a price. And because we are like a man who has seen the worth in the kingdom of heaven. In fact, I like the fact that he uses a merchant. A merchant is a man who understands business. He sees the worth in something, so he sells all that he has to gain that one thing. Hence, he is being profitable and he is being wise. We have seen the value in the kingdom of God. Therefore, we give up anything willfully. For the one who has called us, who has bought us with a price, who has called us unto glory and honor. Look at this. Jesus speaking. He said, if any man wants to come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it. But whosoever loses his life for my sake shall find it. Look at this verse. He said, what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world yet forfeit his soul? KJB says, yeah, it loses his soul. Or what can a man give in exchange for his soul? Do you see this? He said, what shall it probably man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? Listen to me. See, what the devil does is the devil cheats a lot of believers in, let, in not letting them understand the value of their soul. The devil tried this with Jesus, all right? He appeared to Jesus and he told Jesus, he tempted Jesus, he said, you know what? I will give you all the kingdoms of the world if you will bow to me. Can I tell you the same thing? Getting all the kingdoms of the world was the prophetic destiny of Jesus. It is what had already been spoken of Jesus. Yet, it is the same thing that Satan was offering him. Sometimes, many of the things that the devil is tempting people with are things that are theirs already. But he's giving you a shorter cut, a root that will always let you be subject to his wings and his caprices. That's why, I mean, the Bible speaks of Jesus. He said at his name, every knee will bow, every tongue will confess in heaven, on earth, and under the earth. So Satan was telling Jesus, he said, you know what? I'm going to give you all the nations of the earth if you will bow to me. Yet God gave Jesus more than that. He gave Jesus not just the earth. God gave him. He highly exalted him and gave him a name above every name in heaven, on earth, and under the earth. If Jesus had um, bowed to what Satan was giving to him, do you know what? If Jesus had bowed to what Satan was giving to him, Jesus would have lost because he would not have had a name above every other name under the earth. He will only have a name above every other name probably on the earth. But yet, subject to Satan's whims and caprices. The devil cheats people not knowing the value of their soul. Hence, he cheats them with what probably God has already destined for them. And because they don't know the value of their soul, they take a shortcut and they go to a means that God has already destined for them. Listen, there are a lot of people, All right, there are a lot of people who um, who are, are cutting corners to get things that God can give you. Listen, maybe you are tuned in. Anything we lose for Jesus is a profit, is not a loss. Anything, if it's a relationship, if it's friendships, if, it, if it's social standing, if it's social, if it's a status, if it's money, because from the lens of eternity, what does it mean? Jesus said, "Naked we came into them." Solomon said, "Naked we came into this world. Naked we live. We brought nothing in. Surely we will take nothing out of this world. Surely we will take nothing out of this world." Can I tell you something? uh you know, in the story of Jesus, a lot of people play with this quote, but it's true. Trust me. In the story of Jesus, if Jesus had succumbed to the devil, shortcuts. Who would have caught him short? <laughs> Shortcut. cut, Who would have caught him short? Can I tell you the funny thing? In the story of Jesus, do you know what? If Jesus had succumbed to the enemy, do you know what would have happened? Number one, Jesus. If Jesus had succumbed to the enemy, number one, Jesus might not have died at 33. He might have lived longer. He might have lived longer. Number two, he will rise to prominence very fast. I mean, he, I mean, Satan will give him all the nations of the earth, so he will rise to prominence very fast. That's number two. Um, you know, Satan would have lifted him and done all those wondrous things. Fast, but do you know what? From the lens of eternity, he would have failed, but before men, he would have been seen as a great success. Listen, child of God, evaluate what you think is prophets today. Evaluate what you think is is God's plan and God's decisions. And evaluate what you think is profit. Anything heaven is not calling success is a loss. Is failure. Anything heaven is not calling success is failure. Anything heaven is not calling prof- profit is loss. Let me paint that scenario again. Maybe for someone who might need me to say it again. Do you know if Jesus had succumbed to Satan, Satan would have given him all the nations of the earth. Why? What, do, um, what would that mean? It means that he would have risen to prominence very quickly. That's number one. Number two, Jesus would have, um, he would have lived longer. He might not have died at 33. But do you know what that, that, that would have meant? It meant that before men, he would have probably been seen as a success. This young guy at this young age doing fantastic stuff. But before Jesus, before heaven, in the lens of eternity, he would have been a failure. Listen, anything heaven is not calling profit is a loss anything heaven is not calling success is failure you need to know this when you're counting the cost of following jesus or following this god anything heaven is not calling success is failure anything heaven is not calling profit is loss is loss so the bible is telling us that if you liquidate the wealth of the whole world and you put it on a scale and you put a soul on another scale the value of one soul will outweigh it will definitely outweigh all the riches of this earth. Listen, child of God, that is so important. That is so important. That is so important. That is what? So important. What shall we profit a man? If that man should gain the whole world and lose his soul. And lose his soul. And lose. And comai. Someone needs this teaching. You are probably in a place where you are about to make compromise. Or you, are, you will need it in days to come. Someone in two weeks, you are going to come to you with a tempting offer. What shall it profit a man? What shall it profit a man? What Satan uses to cheat people is he lets them first not know the value of their soul. And then he gives them a counterfeit to what God probably has already destined for them. Listen. Anything I lose for God, he is Rehoboam. He can bring it back again. Anything I lose for him is profit. Everything that I've lost in my past for his name's sake, I, will, I can get in the future. Do you know what? The, you know what? Let me finish this story. Matthew sixteen twenty-four. Look at what he says. He says, or what, or what can a man give in exchange for his soul? He said, For the Son of Man will come in his Father's glory with angels. He said, and he will repay each one according to what he has done. There is Yes, listen, I emphatically say God can give us anything we've lost in time. But even much more than that, can I tell you something? In eternity, there is a reward that God is going to give to us. There is a whole lot more than any result and any reward we can get here. Let me read that again. The Son of Man will come in His Father's glory with His angels. And he will repay each one according to what he has done. Praise the living Jesus. Let me read here, Mark, Mark chapter eight, Mark chapter eight. Thank you, Jesus. Let me read it in NKJV. Mark chapter eight. Let me read. It's the same account, but it has a tweak. Mark chapter eight. Look at it from verse thirty-five. He says, he says, for whoso, look at this, look at this, Verse from verse 34. He says, when he had called the people to himself and his disciples also, he said, whosoever desires to come after me, let him deny himself. Does this sound familiar? Like Matthew 16, the same account, but different um, um, gospel author, different point of view. He said, for whosoever desires to come after me, let him deny himself. Take up his cross and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospel's sake will what? Save it. He said, for what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? For whoever is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of him, the Son of Man also will be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his Father with his only angels. Listen, if you deny Jesus, you have lost something. If you deny Jesus, there is something in the eternal world that you have lost. There is something that you have lost. Let me share something. Look at what the Bible says. I want to zoom in on this verse 35. He said, Whosoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whosoever loses his life for my sake will save it. You know, I I remember the Lord was telling me, was giving me a very hard instruction. And I was saying, Lord, will you not change your mind? Are you sure? Are you sure? I was looking at it from my own point of view. And the Lord dropped this verse in my spirit. Whosoever loses, and of course I was telling the Lord that I didn't want to take that step because of the, uh, because of the, what's the word now? The seeming things that were seen around me that were working well. And the Lord said, whosoever wants to lose his life, whosoever saves his life will lose it. And whosoever loses his life for my sake and the gospel's sake will find it. Let me reiterate and end with this. If Jesus had bowed to the devil, he would have given him all the kingdoms of this world. Yeah, he would have given him all the kingdoms of this world. and true. I mean, he would have done that. And do you know what the devil would have done? He would have lifted his name. But, geez, but what God had destined for him would be cut short. Satan will give you one and take two. Satan will give you one and take two. It is only everything you seed to the devil, he will take much more. Everything you seed to God, he will give you much more. Everything you cede to the devil, he will take much more. Everything you seed to God he will give you much more. Everything you you lose to the devil, he will take yet more. but everything we lose for God he will give us much more. All right, compromise does not stop at compromise. compromise gives room for yet more compromise. Hallelujah to God. I trust you were blessed by the teaching of God's word. Nelson the have rich. Mandate that seeks to see men saved, trained, and sent. For more ministry content, visit us at t.me forward slash And for contact details, follow on Instagram at Nelson Ihaban. God bless you.